With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you intrigued by the things that go bump in the night? Have you ever gotten the heebie-jeebies when you pass by an old house? Ever desired to dance in a cemetery, or even obsess over the dark and obscure? Well, me too. Hi, I'm Nicole, and strange topics are my specialty. From the creators of the White Wednesday Radio Network and Lead Up Studios, this is The Dark with Nicole. of the dark where today um obviously cena's here but also Hi. we're talking about torture devices and there's one in particular i want to mention before we even get into this um were you inspired was i inspired for this were no i was just about someone well i started thinking <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> but I started thinking about um, ancient weapons and how to use them. And when I looked it up, I literally was like, man, these are boring right now. I don't want to do that. And I uh, was like, oh, torture devices. And then I started thinking of um, the Lord of the Rings and Gollum being stretched and all kind of tortured to get (laughs) baggins out of him and. All Shia, of that. Shia, Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, one a t- torture device that was literally invented to was invented in the 19th century to make the medieval times seem scarier was that coffin that has nails in it. That oh, wasn't actually a torture. The device. Iron Maiden. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yes. It's not an actual. Um, medieval torture device. It was made. I just think of Sleepy Let Hollow. Me see where, yeah, like I don't think of Sleepy Hollow. I think of the Chokey from Matilda. Oh my that was gosh! Basically yes. it. Yeah, yeah. That was based. That was like a modern version of the Iron Maiden. Yes, was the Chokey. Yes, <laughs> yes. That is number ten on this list. That's why I was bringing up the Iron Maiden. Um, Not on this list. It is well. I moved it from the number it was on to number ten because I don't think it should. It's not like it's number three. I think. Okay. When I scrolled down. So, 
the first one that I really want to talk about, well, not really, just, we're going to start this list now. Okay. <laughs> the Brazen Bull. Okay. So, it was basically, it was a hollow brass statue crafted to resemble a real bull, and victims were placed inside, usually with their tongues cut out first. The door was shut, sealed, sealing them in, and then fires would be lit around the bull. As the victim succumbed to the searing heat inside, he would thrash about and scream in agony. The movements and sounds muted by the bull's mass made the apparatus appear alive. The sounds inside like those of a real bull. This effect created additional amusement for the audience and served the added benefit of distancing them from brutality of the torture since they couldn't directly see the victim. So, um, one thing that we as society has moved, have moved away from is public torture. Yeah. Public shaming. And like, if you think about it, like this is what people gathered to Mm -hmm. see. People literally gathered to see hangings and burning at the stakes. And And it's like, now we watch that kind of stuff on television. It's all fiction. Yeah. And and it's like, we as people are still obsessed with it. Yeah. But like, this is what you brought the family to. Literally. That was in the the square. Like, everyone went and watched. You're like, hey, there's going to be a bull victim. Hey, are you coming to the afternoon torture session? Yeah. (laughs) You want to see some heretic scream? Literally, yeah. It literally blows my mind. But also, think of how an, smelly it would be. Oh, literally, I, the I, human be, I don't even know. In the bottom mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Because you'd be cooking. Mm-hmm. Like, do they let like, you Like, how would they cook? wash it out? Yeah. To use again? Maybe they just left it open and birds would eat it. <sighs> oh. Oh. Yeah, oh, I could vomit. Like, right? Could like, vomit. Like, if you think about the logistics of it, yeah. like, who had to clean that out? Literally, yes. Probably other prisoners. Oh, for sure. Um, next on our list, one that really... Ugh, I just read it. Thumbscrews. I just made my butthole. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, liver. well, I am hiding my thumbs forever. Um, <laughs> so, this wasn't any way to get you to die. It was basically a torture you just so that you can be an un... In unendurable agony, <laughs> the device consisted of three upright metal bars between which the thumbs were placed. A wooden bar slid down along the metal bars, pressing the thumbs against the bottom. A screw pressing the wood bar downward, crushing the thumbs painfully. The thumb screws were all or were an elaboration of an earlier device known as the Pillywinks. <laughs> so cheerful. <laughs> Which could crush all ten fingers and resembled a nutcracker. Literally, all my orifices have just retreated and inside my body. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It originated in Russia in the army. Mm. <laughs> that does not surprise me at all. And then a Scottish man <laughs> brought a set home with him and introduced them to the United Kingdom. <laughs> Thanks, Scottish man. Thank you, Scottish man, for bringing that. This is, okay, this next one. 
I dream about. <laughs> Me too. Because I, <laughs> I literally, there are days where I'm like, I wish someone would just stretch me out and crack my bones. Yes. Literally would feel great. I literally dream something like this, but not as torture. No. <laughs> More as relief. <laughs> um, so the rack. This is one that most everyone has heard of where you're... Uh, wrists and ankles are tied to either ends of like a stretcher like logs and then you basically get pulled apart yeah like i only want like a couple of inches yeah. of pulling <laughs> like i'll read what it says but that that's basically the gist um so the victim was tied down while some mechanical device usually a crank or turning wheel tightened the ropes stretching the victim's body until the joints were dislocated uh continued pressure could cause the limbs to be torn right off such torture was known as being broken on the rack or racked or stretched on the rack it could be combined with other forms of torture to make things even more painful in one story a christian youth was tied to a wheel and his joints destroyed by the stretching a fire was lit beneath the wheel adding the adding to the torture Eventually, the fire was extinguished by the the downpour of blood as the victim's limbs were torn free. Yikes! Yeah, one type of rack was also was known as the horse. It was a wooden device that vaguely resembled an actual horse shape. The victim was tied to a beam on the top, like it was on like the horse's back, facing up though, and pulleys below tightened. Pulleys below tighten ropes affixed to the victim's hands and feet. He or she was stretched until the joints were dislocated, then left there um, just hanging under the horse while inquisitor or judge questioned the victim and tried to get a confession. <laughs> like, how crazy. Uh, we just dislocated your joints. Can you answer these questions for me, please? And we'll consider putting them back. And in. we'll consider fixing you. If they even knew how to do that at the time. Um, the wheel previously mentioned in the rack. <laughs> um they uh found it was found that, okay. Tying someone to a large wooden wheel, then pushing it down a rocky hillside. <laughs> oh my god literally then pushing it or a more elaborate method involved a wheel mounted to an a-frame that allowed it to swing freely the victim would be tied to the wheel and then swung across some undesirable thing such as fire but Always dragging a good choice is what it says <laughs> <laughs> literally yes <laughs> um <laughs> but dragging the victim's flesh across across metal spikes also worked well. <laughs> the wheel itself could also have spikes mounted on it so that the pain came from all directions instead of swing or instead of swinging the wheel might turn on an axle. The what difference kind of was likely immaterial to the victims. What kind of assholes <laughs> had to think this up? Like like, were you yeah. so bored in medieval times? Well, I guess nobody could read. And, you know, I was like, read a book. <laughs> Do something with yourself. No, yes. I'm going to design or design torture devices. Yeah. 
I can't read, but I can make a torture mm-hmm. device. One of the most horrible wheel tortures was akin to crucifixion. The victim would have the bones in all four limbs broken in two places by strikes from an iron bar. And then the shattered limbs were threaded through threaded. the spokes <laughs> of a large wheel. Finally, the wheel would be attached to the top of a tall wooden pole left out in the sun for days. The victim might be alive for hours, enduring the agony of his or her mangled arms and legs and the relentless sun, not to mention the attention of crows. Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to this week's episode of The Dark. If you didn't know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, then this one is very popular amongst the witchy community. Uh, the stake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's burn all the heretics. Yeah, being burned at the stake was usually the last stop for torture victims because this form of torture was invariably fatal. Conceptually, it's a very simple process. Create a pile of dry wood with a stake at the center and tie the victim to it and light it on fire. Um... I mean, the fire does all the work. The fire does all the work. Uh, It usually took about half an hour before the victim lost consciousness. But if it was windy and the fire was blowing away from the victim, he or she might have to endure up to two hours of being slowly burned to death. Since the victim had usually been previously tortured with the rack or some other method, the pain must have been unimaginable. Despite the horror of simply being burned at the stake, the torturers of the Inquisition in the Netherlands developed a particularly cruel twist. Prior to being tied to the stake, the victim's tongue would be sandwiched between two hot iron plates. The scorched and swollen tongue would only allow strange, muffled screams of pain once the burning began, which supposedly added a great deal to the audience's entertainment. Everyone in the Middle Ages were assholes. Literally. You're all assholes. Yes. Um, the cruel irony of the Inquisition's practice of burning people at the stake was that it happened whether you confessed or not. Once accused of heresy, you would almost certainly be consumed by fire. However, if you confessed, you would be strangled to death before the fire was lit, supposedly sparing you the agony. This practice didn't die at the end of the Middle Ages, however. Both women and men accused of witchcraft were burned at the stake in England, France, and other locals. Well, in the 18th century, the punishment was used for crimes like murder and treason. So, <sighs> things you learn about things the that you thought you knew about. you learn. Yeah. Next, the pillory. Hold on. I had to burp. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a pillory was a set of two parallel wooden boards clasped together with holes for the neck and wrists. So, basically, the... Um, what's it called? Yeah, that thing. Um, uh, what is that called? Obviously, it's called the pillory, but the stalks. The stalks, yes. Yeah. When open, the victim placed his or her head and arms through the holes. Then the pillory was closed and the victim couldn't possibly escape. I never knew it was called the pillory. Me either. Ever. Like, even in shows, they're called the stalks. Yeah. So... 
The pillory itself did no harm to the victim, though it was certainly not comfortable. The entire apparatus was usually placed on a stage in a public place. The entire point was to humiliate and shame the victim for his or her crimes. The crowd would throw objects at the victim, such as rotten vegetables, dead animals, or feces. Stones and other blunt objects were thrown as well, which could result in painful injuries or death. Oh, oh, so they're totally different. Okay. While a spell in the pillory often only lasted an hour or two, usually during the busiest times of day, it effect, its effect really depended on the nature of the crime and the mood of the crowd. Four Englishmen who had falsely accused others of crimes to get their reward were beaten to death by the crowd. Others who won the crowd's favor by refusing to pay unjust taxes or mocking government officials were showered with flowers or rescued from the pillory outright. Other lesser crimes, the victim might instead be placed in the stocks. Leg irons that restrained the ankles while the goal of the public humiliation was the same. The stocks were allowed... The stocks allowed victims to protect themselves from thrown objects. Um, sometimes the vengeful crowd was the least of the victim's concerns. The pillory could be accompanied by other punishment punishments, such as flogging or mutilation. British authorities favored branding the face with a mark of shame, such such cutting off one of both one or both ears or slicing the nose lengthwise. Uh, oh man. Um ooh, I don't know about this one. At least by the name. Uh it's called The Scavenger's Daughter. It was invented by and named after a Brit named Skevington. It was alternately referred to as Skeffington's Gives. The apparatus consisted of a hoop of iron with a hinge in the middle. The victim was forced to crouch on one half of the hoop while the other half was pivoted and placed over his back. Imagine being placed into a giant set of iron dentures. Oh, okay. The den- the torturer would use the torturer would use a screw to tighten the hinge, crushing the victim's or victim further and further into his involuntary crouch. Eventually, ribs and breastbone would crack and the spine would be dislocated. Sometimes the compression was so great that blood would gush from the fingertips and face. Oh, oh my God. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> you could call it the opposite of the rack since the body was compressed rather than being pulled apart. This tool was used against people accused of high treason during the reign of Henry VIII of England. Jesus. Yeah. Oh! The next one, (laughs) I hurt just by the name. It's called the Breast Ripper. Surprisingly, few torturers had any reservations about torturing women. In fact, women-only torturers often seemed especially cruel and were designed to destroy specific specific aspects of femininity. In medieval England, differing torture practices were virtually conf- con- 
codified. Male criminals were hanged while women faced the drowning pits. The practice of torturing women sexually extends back to the Roman times. Uh, female victims were given to soldiers to be raped or sent to the brothels. They might be tied up or paraded through public streets naked. These public humiliations were sometimes followed by bizarre sexual mutilations. Torturers had a strange fixation on breasts, which were burned, branded, or simply amputated. Worst of all was a device known as the breast ripper. (laughs) It was a metal claw that pierced the flesh of the breast. The victim was tied to a wall, and then the claw pulled forcibly away, shredding the breast to pieces. It was used as both a method of punishment and interrogation to mark the breasts of unmarried mothers and mutilated women convicted of heresy, adultery, and a host of other crimes. There is a picture. Oh, there isn't a picture. Okay. No, 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 no. There's not a picture of that one. Okay. (laughs) That hurts me. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely not. Okay. This is the last one, people. Last one. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Are you going to be able to read this one? I'm going to be okay. I don't even know what it is yet. I was like, I can read it if you Um, want me to. It's called The Pair of Anguish. It's unlikely, but if there could be anything worse than the breast ripper, it is surely the pair of anguish. <laughs> Trying to skim, but I, I'm Do not there yet. Do you want me to read this one? I don't know. I don't know because I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> if there's, yeah. but there's anything that could be worse than the breast ripper, it is surely the pair of anguish. This was a pear-shaped device with the body of a pear made up of four metal leaves conjoined by the hinge at its top and a key or crank on one end. The pear was inserted into the vagina, anus, or throat depending upon the nature of the crimes committed. The oral device was reserved for heretics while the anal and vaginal pears were used on homosexuals and witches respectively. Turning the key opened the leaves causing massive internal damage. The device was rarely fatal, but other methods of torture would usually follow. Holy oh shit. Oh, my God. That's awful. Literally was convulsing That's why disgust. I was, when I, I skimmed it, I was like, you're not going to be able to read this out loud. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely terrible like here at the dark i enjoy dark things but wow that's like when you go to the doctor it's like a speculum that they put oh, inside your oh, vagina I, I hate those literally hate but the imagine them. them having five two more yeah and then they're like stretching you out ripping rip, you and ripping into you ripping you oh. Oh. <laughs> sorry daddy for having to uh edit this one yeah sorry daddy (laughs) but uh nicole picked it yeah i did i really did but honestly i didn't even know about some of those torture devices obviously because they're not gonna put them in shows and television 
I would not want anyone to make a visual representation oh, of the bear. Absolutely not. Ever. Absolutely not. Like, that drawing Ever. is enough. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I was also skimming the thing it said about Iron Maidens. And oh, it yeah. said there was one in the 1800s. I saw that. The thing that I read was from a different website. So, so who knows? So, who knows? I mean, I can we can talk about the Iron Maiden just to get the taste of the pear the pear out of our mouths you want me to talk about it um okay so it was an upright sarcophagus with spikes on the inner surface double doors opened on the front allowing entrance for the victim in one example eight spikes protruded from one door 13 from the other once the victim was inside the doors were closed there the strategically placed spikes would pierce several vital organs. However, they were relatively short spikes, so the wounds wouldn't be instantly fatal. Inside the victim, or instead, the victim would linger and bleed to death over several hours. To add to the abject horror of it all, horror of it, of it all, two spikes were positioned specifically to penetrate the eyes. In the 1800s, researchers found one in a castle in Nuremberg, Germany, and documented proof of its use later surfaced. For this reason, the device is sometimes known as the Iron Maiden of Nuremberg. Others, n- other names include the Virgin, and in German, Jungfer. Jungfer. I don't. I don't know how that would be pronounced in Germany. I think it's Jung. Jung. They pronounce things. Well, I was just thinking about Dr. Dr. Jung, you know, oh. which is spelled J-U-N-G. As yeah. So a variation was also found in Spain or found in Spain was made to look like the Virgin Mary and had machinery that when manipulated caused her to hug the victim close to her spikes. Mm. However, maidens many scholars say that the iron maiden never existed the first historical reference to one was in the 1700s long after the medieval era was over it maybe it wasn't medieval but like a later device yeah maybe um i don't know i'm sure they found all sorts of stuff in the castle oh, i'm of sure listen i i think about how i would love to go through like one of those areas and just find like an abandoned area not one that's been staged mm-hmm, yeah and actually see what was there yeah but also not i would love to go back in time and see certain places agreed at certain times yeah like historically speaking um the tower of babel oh yeah i would love to see everything around that and how mm-hmm. life was like anything with the babylonians or the sumerians or anything like that ancient societies yeah and i wonder how they tortured people or the i would love to know yeah yeah love be there while they paraded it around the city of jericho for seven days you know Mm -hmm. until the walls crumbled a lot of the things i probably would want to see are biblical just to see if it's real yeah same, same yeah and i also think a lot of people get um, you know, like ideas of history, at least I should say people say like in Western societies where Christianity is more 
than just a religion it's more taught as like a foundation of truth mm-hmm. like in school systems per mm-hmm. se especially when we were growing up yeah um so many of our facts about what we believed happened thousands of years ago does come from the bible yeah so it'd be interesting to see i agree well thanks for joining me on the dark this week and i apologize for anything for how it made you feel this week because i felt the same way (laughs) um (laughs) this is i'm taking a break next month with the dark i haven't taken a break with the dark yet but I'm going to be going on a vacation, and then it's Cena's birthday. Therefore, I will be busy. Busy. (laughs) So, um, yeah, enjoy your June month, and I'll catch up with you bats and baddies later. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Dark, a Wife Wednesday Radio Network production. Our executive producer is Dustin from the Lead Up Studios team in St. Louis, Missouri. Be sure to like, follow, and share us with your friends on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and more by searching Wife Wednesday. You can find The Dark on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and more.